GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the best in major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of them now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me remotely, my co-hosts, my producers, the Deadite Knight, a.k.a. Butterboy, and of course, the one and only, Player One Miggy. How's it going, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, I feel like I haven't seen you guys in like a solid week. I miss you guys. Hold on. Hold on, Butterboy. Hold on, Butterboy. I'm feeling like oh, yeah, I can't really hear what the effect that you're trying to do. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> try, try it again. Try it again. There we go. Nope. I'm, we're getting... We're I'm getting on a like ventilator because I, I... Too much butter. I'm on a ventilator. That yeah, wasn't a Darth Vader. We're, we're getting, we're getting like, you're, like you're like breathing <laughs> in, but not you're breathing out. So it's like... <sighs> like that's what it is. <laughs> it's just a slurpy bad sound. Yeah, well, you know. You're there trying we go. for Thank some you, bits. Thank you, Some land, some M- Miggy understands it. May the 4th be with you. Happy Star Wars Day from GameZilla Media to you. This is the GameZilla Podcast, episode 311, brought to you by our amazing patrons. So if you want to hear what you're missing out on, listen to Butterboy. Yeah, me. Go to <laughs> patreon.com slash GameZilla Media and start your patronage today. And there you will receive exclusive access to a GameZilla content that's not available on any of our social media platforms, not available on YouTube, not available on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. It's only for our Patreon supporters. Uh, if you get in at the $1 tier, we appreciate every single cent that comes into GameZilla, so thank you so much. And you'll have access to the State of the Zilla Show, which is a collaboration across all the GameZilla Media shows and their hosts. And you'll actually receive access to my brand new show that I launched yesterday, The Ridiculous. On the first episode, I count down my top 10 favorite games on the PlayStation 4. And then I listened to it. It was really good. I didn't even know it came out. I'm listening to it after the show. I'm excited. You got got to check your email, Miggy. You got to be on the email. You got to be on the VIP channel in the Discord for our patrons. Oh, hey, I'm there. I'm there. And... $5, that will get you access to this very special exclusive content level where every show from the GameZilla Media Network will produce at least one extra show that's only available there on Patreon. Uh, If you are a fan of us at the GameZilla Podcast, boom, muster bus every single month. We give you our gaming recommendations for the new month uh, in gaming releases. Of course, Noiseland Arcade offers you Smart Line, and Legend of Retro has Game Shark. Every show on the GameZilla Media Network has an exclusive, awesome show available for you at the $5 a month level. So go to patreon.com and start your patronage today. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for joining Patreon and supporting this show. We couldn't do it without you, so thank you again. Um, Before we get into anything, I do want to remind everybody, if you cannot watch this entire show here live every Monday night at 7.38, 7.30 to 8 p.m., it depends. This, you know, it's the beginning of the month, so we had had some some, uh, Patreon stuff we had to do. But anyways, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't watch it here on Mixer.com slash GameZilla Media, 
then head on over to the Gamesville Media YouTube channel where the full episodes are posted every week thanks to our lovely video producer, Player One Miggy. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's it. I think we're ready to get into the news. Let's do this. News, news, news. Thank you. Very well done. Here's what's happening in the world of gaming. Xbox Phil Spencer, head of Xbox Phil Spencer, that's what I meant to say, has released information about Xbox Insider coming up. We got details. We got rumors. We got thoughts. We have Jeff. Oh, God, I already screwed it up. Ah, Keeley, ah. Jeff Keeley. Hey, hey, got it. Jeff Keeley. We got news about Jeff Keeley. Do you know who Jeff Keeley is? I, if you don't, you're gonna find out. And then we have Assassin's Creed news, along with maybe why you should uninstall Valorant from your PC. All this no. and more on episode 311 of the Games of Podcast. What do we want to get into, boys? What are you starting with? Anybody? Uh, what do you think, Miggy? I'm I'm thinking we gotta talk Xbox. I've, I've been waiting. I've been itching. Yeah, let's go Xbox. All right, fine. We're going. We're going big with Xbox. Starting it off with the Xbox. I got buttons to push over here, so let me do my job real quick. There we go. I forgot last week, guys. So, <laughs> Mickey, if you see, if you're watching the stream and you see me miss, just interrupt me and be like, "Hey, you suck at my job. Do it better." And made I, editing I, real fun for YouTube. Yeah, I bet it did. I bet it did. It's real bad. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Topic number one, the Xbox Series X. Um, we've learned a lot about the system. We've seen seen what it's going to look like. We have the specs. We you know we know what the new controller is going to look like. There's a lot of things. You know, we still we're we're being told it's still a holiday 2020 release. All that's happening. But what we don't know is the games. We don't really understand what to expect uh, early on and into slightly after launch. And uh, we found out that we are going to be getting a Xbox Insider, which is Xbox is kind of like Nintendo Direct. It's just their virtual show that they put on. And we're going to get it May 7th, this come this Thursday, uh, where we're going to be able to, and it's going to be focused around games for the Xbox Series X. So this is exciting. This is going to be our first look into gameplay on the Xbox Series X, and it's also going to give us a little bit more of a concept around what is going on in the third-party world of video game creation for this next gen. So, uh, that's about it. What I wanted to say is you can watch this on May 7th. It's starting at, for us, it's 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Um, that's when you're going to be able to watch it on pretty much anywhere you want. Xbox's YouTube channel. Uh, I generally recommend if you're an Xbox fan and you play on Xbox and you want, you want extras, watch it on the Xbox channel on mixer.com. And the reason is, is because a lot of times when you do that, that is when you will unlock things. So, uh, it's a way to get extra stuff. Like the last time I did it, I got extra, um, ship parts for Sea of Thieves. And they, they generally will do things like that within their Mixer realm. So, you know, if you're, if you're an Xbox user and a Mixer user, that's where I'd watch it. But you can watch it on Twitch. You can watch it everywhere. So, uh, but again, May 7th, 7, uh, or sorry, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time for us. Um, you know, Pacific time would be 7.30. 
um, just just to, to give you that. And then, you know, you guys are going to have to do the math, what, what that means to you, depending on where you're at in the world. But we don't have a lot more besides that information. Um, the uh, Aaron Greenberg, which is your global marketing, um, head of global marketing for Xbox, did come out and said that the event will focus on third-party games and that Xbox Game Studios are hard at work on some big summer plans. But we're going to be focusing on third-party development. So with that being said, what do we want to see from Xbox? This is this is their next chance. I feel like Xbox has done a very good job to this point creating hype around their next generation and really kind of setting themselves up for this moment. And, you know, obviously the big piece that will just get out of the way so that no one accidentally says it is that we found out about the new Assassin's Creed. We won't get into that because we're going to talk about it, hopefully. But we will be getting the first gameplay trailer in this event. That's about the only thing we know we're getting in this event. So, you know, that's really cool. I'm excited for that. We'll talk more about Assassin's Creed in a little bit down the road here on the show. But let's just slide it right over to Deadite. What do you want to see from Xbox at this event? You know, I'm I'm really interested in learning about optimization that's going to be available on the Series X for titles we actually already know about. Because I want to see direct comparisons one for one, what things are going to look like and how they're going to play differently. So specifically, like, let's talk cyberpunk. Um, I want to see what that looks like on an Xbox One uh, S, a One X, and a Series X. I want side-by-side comparisons, and I think that's going to help me graphically understand the advantage of what the Xbox Series X is going to offer because we know two years no exclusives is what we're looking for. So if I'm someone who wants to invest in the Xbox ecosystem, I want to know why the Series X, why the new premium system is going to be worth the investment over something like an S or an X. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I know that, that might not be what other people are interested in, but I am because I, I want th- that side by side comparison. I think that's a good point because you're looking at a system that has already kind of said there won't be exclusives directly to that system in the first two years of its of its existence. And so why like tell me that day one, if I buy an Xbox Series X, that I can play Call of Duty Warzone at 120 frames per second instead of 60 because I'm already considering playing Call of Duty on my PC instead of my Xbox to get that frame rate bump. Now, if you're telling me I can get 120 out of it, still stay on a console, maybe I'm not as worried about you know the extra 24 frames or whatever I can pull off while streaming from the same PC type deal, right? So for me, yes, I think I think I want to see that power difference because they keep talking about how it is such a big deal, and so yeah, that that I think is a really good point. Um, I'm going to slide it over to Miggy and hear what he wants out of this show. I want games, you know, um, which I think that's what they learned. Yes, I think that's what they learned from their Xbox uh, One reveal. Um, Don't give us the features like, you know, what the the hub for your home entertainment uh, center. Um, No, I want to see games. I want to see some real gameplay footage for what this new Halo is going to be, which is supposed to be a soft reboot to the franchise. I want to see a gameplay for Hellblade. Um, Then I also want to see some uh, some uh, some hot first party titles um, gameplay 
um you know at least show show us what we're going to get uh, uh launch at launch so uh that's what that's what i really want to look forward to and then maybe give us a little little tease of what we have to look forward to but um also yeah definitely to piggyback off of um off of uh deadite um yeah show us a comparison like this is what it's gonna like on on the on the s this is what it's gonna like on the uh the x this is what it's gonna look like on the new x or you know the the sx um uh whatever um just just give us that that side by side by side comparison to show us you know um how our you know how, how our we should be spending our money um and then maybe some some of the accessories too which i would love to see um just don't 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 give us another connect yeah, well, I don't think we're getting another Connect because I don't, I don't think we're getting any uh, first party first party devices like that. Um, I'd agree. I'd like to see I'd like to see Astro take part in this event and stand up and be like, "Here's the new headsets. Here's how they work with the new technology around 3D audio, something like that." You know, I, I would like to see that, knowing that it's going to be available right out the gate. Uh, so for someone that want that needs a new headset that doesn't want to invest into a current piece of technology because it's so close, they can start to plan out uh, their next purchase, uh, which is a good good bundle solution for Microsoft and for Astro uh, or whoever decides to jump on uh, quickly. But I uh, big text here in the Mixer chat here at mixer.com slash games and media says, I want the ability to mod games so more games can be cross-platform. Uh, we have seen some of that mod functionality get added to console uh, it, recently in, in this current gen. So that would be cool to see like uh, so a place like a company like Bethesda or, or someone stand up and show how it's going to evolve and get even better uh, next gen. But, you know, I want to see games. So example, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings. Like I'm not, obs- I, I won't say this. I'm not obsessed with Lord of the Rings. I like it enough. But there are screenshots. It's, it's that, like nine hours of people walking, man. It's right. Tough. But there are screenshots of a new game that people believe are going to we're going to see at this event. And that is Lord of the Rings Golem. Uh, and it is a kind of a stealth style game. But at the same time with with a Sinua's sacrifice style of dealing with Golem's mind. Because you play as this crazy creature once a man type deal. So again, it's not a game that I necessarily plan to play, but I think it's a game that could show off some interesting mechanics and maybe take advantage of some next gen abilities. I'm, I'm curious what it's all about. So we're, we're probably going to see that other rumors that have already floated around would be things that, that things that I'm excited about would be outriders, which is square Enix new uh, shooter game that, that, that uh, has been in beta and people are talking about um, cyberpunk 2077. Just they're, they're about to release a new system. You know, the last Xbox one X uh, custom cyber 2077, uh, 2077 cyberpunk 2077 edition. So, like, it'd be cool to have them come out and say, hey, due to the delay and everything, yes, you know what, launch, we're gonna, it's going to be optimized for Xbox Series X, and then take a page out of, Deadite, uh, out of Deadite's idea of, and here's the difference, and literally show us Xbox One X footage, Xbox Series X footage, and be like, oh, damn, I can't wait, you know? So, things like that that, uh, that are important. So, I... Um, I think we already said I'd like to see some accessories, like Mickey said, and overall, I just want them to lay out a little bit of a line of games that we can get excited for, for launch. You know, why why am I going to buy this this expensive new box 
if I could just play it on the Xbox One X, it needs to look better, it needs to run better, and uh, hopefully there's just some features. You know, we've, we've talked about switching games around live and being able to just literally pause one game, flip over to another game. So a, a friend of ours who plays Warzone with us, and he's not very good at Warzone, his name's BMC, um, he always talks about the fact that when he dies, it'd be great to be on Xbox Series X because he could just switch over to another game and play while he's dead. Would that work? You know, some, an idea like that, would that work? Or does that not work because he's connected to a you know an online server-based game? If he leaves, does he lose his connection? You know, there's weird questions like that that you could answer and be like, hey, you know, here you go. Show us live. So we'll see. Again, May 7th, Xbox Insider Show. You're going to be able to watch it anywhere you want. But I again, if you're an Xbox fan, I would recommend watching it on Mixer.com and just find the Xbox channel hang out so uh we'll we'll like i said you'll probably see us in the discord you'll see us on social media talking about what happens on thursday and then next monday we'll recap it and and say that we were you know what we liked about it what what we were disappointed in and and really just cover the whole thing so that is topic number one miggy what would you like to move into next Mm, who talks about the weeb related weeb related weeb yeah yeah yeah, weeb, weeb. Uh, I didn't even know we had weeb news in, in this show. I was just going to shoehorn it in there. You know I'm a weeb oh, guy. Man. But oh. Mickey, Mickey's but, going but, off the script. He's going oh. off the book. But, but, I mean, but I'm just saying. Freestyling if, if, on us. If, if you guys aren't ready for that, I mean, I w- I'm interested in talking about um, Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla. I'm, I'm interested in that. Okay, well, we did mention we did did mention Assassin's Creed uh, as being the 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 new or sorry being revealed at the Xbox Insider Show. You're going, we're going to see our first gameplay of the game live at that event. So we can jump over to the announcement that we got a new Assassin's Creed game coming in 2020. So uh, it is called Miggy. What, what is it called? I don't even know. Val Valhalla. What's that mean? Uh, it means it's gonna be Norse mythology. It's like it's like take what uh, and I, and I know I saw we had the Discord chat that we just did this with uh with God of War, but uh, no 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 no, it's gonna be on a grander scale, and you know on the venture of you know boy, man and boy, it's gonna be a, a whole battle and ruthless. Are you dogging? And, are you dogging uh, God of War right now? No, I'm not. No, God of War is greatness. Okay, good. Just making sure. Just making sure. Never. I, mean, I don't. I don't stick up for PlayStation that often, but that game was great. Anyways, yeah, it's about Boy. Vikings. It's about Vikings. Um, Assassin's Creed got announced. Assassin's Creed Valhalla and uh, Ubisoft's upcoming Viking RPG, uh, set in the ninth century of England. So. This is, uh, it looked really cool. The trailer looks cool. Again, it's, it's just a CGI trailer that was a lot of fun to watch, but we aren't going to see gameplay till later. But, I mean, we all, we know what Assassin's Creed is. We know what, like, what's going to, to an extent, we know what it's going to be like. Um, Image. What's that? Image. <laughs> I already have it. Oh. Well, yeah. it doesn't work over here for me. Okay. You're, you're delayed. I got it. We're good. Mm. Um... But we uh, we have to we have to sit here and and look at the fact that there has been talks that the the elements of this game have gone way more RPG. 
Yeah. Which is which is very promising for a lot of fans like my wife, for example, who really has enjoyed this game, but it was too watered down on the RPG side. So someone that's a heavy RPG fan got bored like she did. And so I think this really has her excited. Um, I've enjoyed watching these games because she puts so much time into them. I don't even bother playing them because it's I pretty much watch the movie version of her just playing the game and, and getting you know the all the all the greatness out of it. But um, this looks promising. It's it's a it's definitely a time period. It's definitely characters uh, that I care about more. Um, in this, this with Vikings and everything being involved, I'm I'm more on board with this. I'm sure that I could agree. I do. I very much agree. Assassin's Creed never played a game. I've You've never played been interested it, in the series. Never played a single, a single Assassin's Creed ever. I've been so close to getting. Is it four? Is four the one where you're a pirate? Black Flag. Yeah, yeah. Black, Black Flag. Flag. Yep. I've been because I've been so close to downloading that multiple times, and I think it's available on Switch. And I'm always like, ah, I think I'd love that game. Um, then you know, we saw Assassin's Creed change two games ago, where they took it to ancient Egypt, and then the last time we got, you know, uh, ancient Greece. Uh, and so I've been growing more interested in this series. This might be the the pushing off point because I enjoy uh, Norse mythology and Norse themes, and um, it's a little more in my personal wheelhouse of interest, so this might finally give me the push uh, to actually give Assassin's Creed a fair try. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, we don't know a lot about the game, but a few things that uh, we can confirm for combat abilities are throwing axes, uh, dual wielding pretty much any combination of weapons, even two shields if you want to, so really giving you a little more freedom when it comes to battle mechanics. Um, and, and being able to find what best fits your style. Uh, the classic Assassin's Hidden Blade is back. Um, it's less hidden, but it comes out of a chamber on the top side of the uh, the hero's gauntlet. So it's a little bit different design than what we've seen uh, coming the, the dagger coming out of your bottom wrist location. So uh, those are a few things that got pulled out of the out of the video. Uh, again, May 7th, Xbox Insider, we're going to be able to find out more about this game. But all in all, uh, it's coming out in 2020, probably holiday, and we're, we're going to be excited. It, it looks like uh, looks like they're continuing the the repair and just uh, resurgence of the Assassin's Creed franchise that uh, has done really well over these last couple installments. Anything, any last words on Assassin's Creed or can we move on? And women Vikings. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, um, the, the, oh, the one down, the one thing that they did announce is that the most unpopular, feature of Assassin's Creed will be included in this and that is the current world storytelling and then traveling back into the past and trying to blend those together is still happening Um, so the the story and I forgot the name of the character that they were doing in the recent games but they um, will continue that person's storyline in this game they're hoping they do a better job with it uh, or sorry, fans are hoping they do a better job with it this time around because I guess it hasn't. That's been the weak point of this, um, of these new games. So, real quick, there better be a payoff um, of them constantly going back and using the Animus. Like I want the last game to take place 
in present day or in the future and you're somehow Man, manifesting the different abilities that's what i wanted when i first went see i played assassin's creed like one two and three and then i haven't played assassin's creed since so like back then when it was like desmond or whatever and and we were following that's what i wanted to happen and then like spoiler alert it didn't happen so um you know hopefully you're right hopefully this time around they they do a better job with it we'll, we'll see we we will see um ghost walker from mixer.com slash games on media chimes and says assassin's creed is much more deeper into our own history i feel which for example i wasn't a fan of origins and odyssey because uh just sh- shoot back in time with origins and running away from uh is it Ezio? is that who you meant mm-hmm. uh and then odyssey just didn't like how it was bouncing around uh, the story within the Odyssey, and that's what a lot of people pick up pick about the new games is that that the bouncing around wasn't it wasn't done well, and that was the weak point of the game. The game overall was very good, but there was that weak point that they're hoping um, mm-hmm. you know Ubisoft has taken notes and continued to improve that aspect of the game. I understand why they're doing it, and I understand the the cool uniqueness of it versus just making a Vikings game and making a Egyptian game. They're they're blending this 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 uh, you know two world situation, two mm-hmm. time periods, and it's why I liked Assassin's Creed in the beginning. It just fell apart. They couldn't. They couldn't put it together, and and we're and they're still struggling with it a second time around, a third time around. However you want to look at it. So you know, one of these times they either need to make it happen or they need to just give it up. All right. Let's slide into the uh, the news I wanted to talk about, and that is Valorant. I want to jump over to Valorant real quick and just warn people that uh, some weird stuff is going on with Valorant. If you have been um, lucky to get a beta access to this game, you also were unlucky and had to download their anti-cheat system that runs on your computer 24-7, even if the game's not launched. Now, this anti-cheat was supposed to be this world, you know, amazing, 10 years in the making, Riot anti-cheat, yet we already have cheaters inside Valorant. And it doesn't seem like Riot has been able to do anything using this god tool that they claimed was unlike anything anybody's ever seen. What this tool instead has managed to do is block you from being able to do things on your own computer. So let me, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. And, um, I didn't realize it, but I was affected by this and that is why I brought it up. I didn't realize, I thought I was having major computer problems and maybe some drivers that had failed and, and I just, I couldn't get them to work. So I was getting these errors and I just finally uninstalled all this software to realize, oh, it's the anti-cheat that's literally breaking my computer. So. Um, Reddit users have come out to, to reveal screenshots uh, that the kernel mode anti-cheat system by Riot wouldn't let them access their own files even when they're not playing Valorant. Uh, the quoted, this is getting way out of control from Reddit. I'm starting to think Vanguard is mainly used for data mining purposes, uh, they claimed, while monitoring the fact that they are already that there are already cheaters in the game and Riot can't do anything about it. So the allegations are partially true because recently there has been incidents of cheaters blatantly using cheats in Riot's competitive shooter and even live streaming it. (laughs) Um, So in in an edit to the original post, 
to further clarify that he has uninstalled the game right after I, uh, they took the screenshot. They also warned others to uninstall Vanguard separately if you are planning to follow their footsteps because the uninstall separately um, is the only way it works, which is also very shady. That if you uninstall Valorant, it won't necessarily remove the anti-cheat. Wow. The comments in the thread, though, seem to be supporting this per- this post, as most people mentioned that they also felt insecure about the anti-cheat that runs on Ring O with most privileges allowed to the anti-cheat. Some also claim to have uninstalled the game entirely as a result of Vanguard invading their privacy. Uh, so let me just read a couple of these comments. Yeah, it blocks Core Temp, MSI Afterburner, and all my motherboard apps for RGB and fan control uninstalled <laughs> valorant also messes with my fan settings i've set up in my bios it blocks the asus software control too <laughs> so the problem i had was literally all of my bios apps my overclocking apps my rgb apps all of them all of a sudden started having driver errors where when i would launch this launch my computer i would get these error boxes that popped up and said could not install could not run driver could not access driver and I, try, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just out of date. Tried to run the updater. The updater would pop up and then just disappear. And then the app would just disappear. Like I couldn't even access the app again to try to update it again. So I I just said, well, I have enough programs to, you know, like um, Corsair IQ is one that I use to control all my RGB. So I was like, cool, just get rid of the other stuff. And I don't actively overclock my system. So I was like, cool, get rid of that. And once I got rid of it all, I found this. And literally some of these programs are the identical programs that I was using that weren't working anymore. So I can't prove it, but I believe that if I remove Valorant and and, and it's Vanguard Anichi and brought back those apps, they probably would work. So it's uh this is this is pretty bad. I, I know that Riot's trying to be trying to create a competitive game and make it an esport and try to find a fit, you know, try to do something that no one else has been able to do with the anti-cheat, but you are now treading on very thin ice for gamers that could literally give up on your game before it's even out of beta. I don't even think I should use the word could have already given up on your game before it's even out of beta. So you have to come either come out and actually start talking about this tool and explain to people why they should not be concerned or why they're over there there or, or that you're going to correct the situation that is blocking things that shouldn't. I mean, I work in the IT field and I deal with programs blocking uh, security programs, blocking things that shouldn't block every day of my life. And it's a hassle, but we are the ones that have to address it and come forward and say, hey, yep, that was an error on our part. We created an exception. It's not going to happen again. Your life will go back to normal. That's what Riot needs to do right now and say, oh, our bad. We did not realize our anti-cheat was blocking core BIOS features like fan speed, for God's sakes, and <laughs> causing causing GPU temperatures to be elevated because people can't control their fan speeds. Like that's <laughs> You're setting people up to literally break computer parts and blame you for it so be careful if you're playing valorant i don't think we need to dive any more into this uh the anti-cheat is causing problems with your computer if you've noticed weird errors that weren't there before try uninstalling vanguard the anti-cheat and uninstalling valorant you can always put it back on your computer if you want to play it but try uninstalling that and seeing if all of a sudden your problem goes away because then at least you have an answer as to what's causing it (sighs) Alright. 
that's the news. We got to move into. We've hit our we've hit our deadline. We got to move into our discussion topic of the week, and uh, we're gonna slide right into a very. This one I was very excited. Um, Player one, Mickey brought it up to us in an article of how big is too big for a popular game. You got you. You put your hand up there, Mickey. You always seem to care about phrasing. So did you? Wanna, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you want to? Did you want to chime in here? No, nah, you just took you just took that pause in the inconvenience spot. How big is too spot. big? <laughs> That's what she said. For a popular game, <laughs> I don't think it was an inconvenient spot. I think I was building excitement. Some people are disappointed now, and some people are excited. So, anyways. Um, we, we wanted to get into this. The concept here is the, uh, the game that's being used in this, in this opinion piece is World of Warcraft. So did World of Warcraft get too popular? Might sound like a ridiculous question uh, on the face of it, or worse, a terribly hipster, I liked it before it was cool kind of statement. Okay? I think another example that we could easily put out there, Fortnite. Uh, you know, back when PUBG was king, and Fortnite was this little guy that now is king. So World of Warcraft is a major commercial game, uh, one of the most commercially successful games in the history of gaming. And without for a second discounting the creativity and artistry um, that have been poured into it, it is ultimately a product and a service that is designed to make money for a business and thus support the livelihoods of its creators. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of room for the concept of too popular in this frame, no matter how hardcore player players got about filthy casuals invading their game. So the idea here is a game gets so big because they water it down, they change it, they commercialize it, they make it more, you know, accessible, right? Accessibility seems to be that word that they're throwing around here too. And how 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 big is too big for a popular game to get where all of a sudden it's not the same game. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what we're going to get into today. So I'm not going to read any more of the article. There's plenty. There's plenty to read here. It's game, gamesindustry.biz wrote it. Um, you can you can head on over there and you can read this full article from Rob Fahey. Um, but it is an interesting thought process. Let's get into it. First of all, do we believe a game can get too big? And when it gets too too big, do we believe it actually changes? What do you think, Deadite? So I want to think, what is one of the biggest games in the world? And do I think it's too big and negatively affected by its size? I don't necessarily think this idea applies to League of Legends. I don't play it. Maybe you have stronger thoughts on that. But League of Legends is, is League of Legends. It's still a competitive game. I don't think the the way accessibility is pushed into that game, um, that it... it ruins the game or it's hurting the competition of the game um so at at least using that example looking at some of the things that people might complain about other large games i don't think that's the case with that one with with fortnite when we saw that season two come around i think that was an accessibility move right like after the first season and and the whole game got too wacky where i was like i'm not even gonna try to figure out what the hell's going on in this game season two came around or yeah yeah it was season two right Mm. and all of a sudden it was reset back to a a basic chapter two uh, a battle royale that's when i got back into it that that was an accessibility move in my opinion it was a good one 
the game continues to get out of control, and I'm sure they'll reset it again. So I don't know. Those are the those are the two biggest games that come to my mind. One game I have little experience with, but I think isn't overrun by accessibility. But I do think accessibility does control a lot of Fortnite. Yeah, I mean, I think you play both those games, so you might have better thoughts on it than I do. Well, I think League of Legends is a good point. I I but the problem with League of Legends is that I think they it's not the easiest game for for a casual to just jump into. I, when I stream mm-hmm. League of Legends, I generally find people every stream that go, what game is this? Well, how is that? I mean, that's crazy to my in my mind because it's the most it's the biggest game in the world in theory. Still, when you talk about numbers, it's it's your it's one of your largest games of all time, most successful stories. And people go, "What is this?" So, and and how many people have I brought into that game? They played one match and they go, "I don't even know what what's going on," I'm, and they're out. So, accessibility has improved in that game in the sense of when you start, there's actually a tutorial which didn't exist before, um, you know, and, but there's still a lot of that game that I think is uh, very high level where your, your toxic, crazy p- obsessed people over the game can still feel like uh, a casual coming into the game. They're going to destroy verse saying that league of legends got watered down where I think we might change this story is this later this year, early next year, when the console version comes out, the mobile version comes out, the mobile version's already talked about being simplified because it's on mobile. The console version, we don't know yet, but it could be simplified. All of a sudden, does that start to water down this this game, this franchise, and people go, it should have never left PC. It should have been exclusive to PC. And, and we see that argument at that point. Fortnite... I agree with you. Got it got to the point where I stopped playing it because there's just too much chaos going on, too many things. And then you're right. The reset in chapter two was like, okay, I'm gonna jump back in because it's been simplified. But at the same time, all your hardcore Fortnite fans got mad because functionality of that game that they loved was gone completely. Now, mind you, some of it is back now, and they're slowly reintroducing things that they want in the game and removing things because through this through this decision making that they realized oh god we don't want this in the game anymore how can we you know smoothly remove it and so we're seeing a rebalance happening to a point though where it's already gotten where i'm not interested anymore because there's just a little too much going on in the game where i just want a simplistic battle royale drop in fight try to survive win repeat and so it's just not my thing where it is you know, younger crowd, other people's uh, favorite game. So I think accessibility can cause rift. I think it can also cause success, but I also believe that a game does change and we can go back to look at world of Warcraft, a game that was a hardcore MM. It was the, I don't want to say it was, it's the MMO RPG of all time. And, there's a reason why Warcraft, World of Warcraft Classic came out. You know, there was a reason why people flocked to it because it was it was the war zone. It was the well, the war zone. It was the World of Warcraft that they grew up on, that they knew before it changed, before it got opened up, before the the grind and the dungeons were a little bit watered down, before you know the the microtransactions of being able to just jump your levels up and things like that. You know, stuff like that happening that for someone that put thousands of hours into a game, yeah, I could see that 
changing your thought on, on a game. But at the same time, when you look at what World of, what World of Warcraft is today, it's only that because of its success. It's only that because of its growth. And it only spawned the other things that you love because of all of those things. So you, it's a love, it, it's a double-edged sword. You have to understand that there's a balancing act there. And it's very hard. Like, the developer's never going to make everyone happy. So they have to try to tippy-toe that fine line and make as many people happy as possible you know, and you're you're never gonna make everyone. You're always gonna create enemies, and then the next patch, you'll flip some of those enemies, and you'll make new enemies. So, it, it's tough. But what what is we haven't chimed in? Let Mickey chime in too much on this. What are your thoughts on this topic? Since you were the one that found it. Um, and I guess uh, <laughs> took kind of took my answer. Uh, both of you guys, uh, you know, just thinking about a uh, Fortnite. Um, as an example, when I was reading this article, it's like. Um, that game has gotten so big. Like when I think of you know what causes a a game or game company to get too big, and I think that's when they stop fulfilling promises, when they stop supporting uh, their product. Like for instance, with Fortnite, um, Save the World still hasn't gone for free. It was supposed to go free to play in 2017, 2018, um, and like. It's it's still there, you know. If you want to play it, you can you can download it. I mean, you have to pay for it. But I get it. not so many people are clamoring to play it, supply and demand. I get that, but still, they said it was gonna they were gonna make it free to play, and it still hasn't gone free to play. Um, I also think of um, think of Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, they had a plan in place of to release some uh, story DLC, and they ended up just focusing all on the multiplayer mode because that's that's where they were making money. I mean, they're they're still it's still at the top of charts, and it's 2020, and that game came out what 2016, 2017, and it's still like at the top of charts, making money, and they completely scrapped their promise, their plan of releasing story DLC, you know. Um, so I mean, I just think you know, I th- I think it depending on the company. Um, I mean, fortunately, we've got um, CD Projekt Red. Um, I mean, would we? I mean, would you consider them big? I mean, yeah, like, I'd, say, I'd say they're big. For, I mean, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is one of the most hyped, hyped up games. Yeah, in in recent years, for sure. Yeah, like after even after the success of Witcher three, I mean, they held to their guns. They they put out you know all the all that DLC that they put out was was like free until I think the last one or two Blood and Wine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that and then they're they're keeping their goals. They're still trying to match. Um, Witcher 3 kind of success with Cyberpunk, and they're actually trying to outdo it, but they want to stick with that same business model. That's, I mean, that can be a good thing um, by them being big, but they haven't lost sight of their goals and their promises. So, I mean, depending on the depending on the uh, the, the the company and who's at the helm, um, would determine if being too big is is a good thing or a bad thing. Well, I think I think uh, first let me let me use Mixer here because we're getting some good comments. Pool of Vision chiming in on Mixer saying, "Wow is a great example. There was way too many casual players. Blizzard accommodated to, and it changed quite drastically as the expansions came out, which is why WoW Classic is so hot right now. And that's you know, and and that comes back to the point that Blizzard was seeing success. They were seeing 
I think I think we're also looking at the fact of WoW was I don't want to say dying, but it was declining, and then they adjusted things and they pulled casual gamers in, and their subscription count went back up, and that was crazy for a game that was so old. They, I mean, WoW was that first game to show game as a service to show that a game has can have a, a crazy lifespan if it's done right, and so their balance was off and, and it hurt, it hurt the, you know, the hardcore gamers. And so their bounce back was wow. Classic to, you know, the help to an extent, but let's look at another side. Okay. Destiny. I think destiny is an example of a game that got too that, that a had too much hype disappointed in the beginning, scrambled to try to please its existing crowd did built that up and then decided to go casual. And piss everyone off, including including I think everybody here. Um, but when we, by the time we finished Destiny One, we were in a very happy place. We were very very happy with the game. When we got to Destiny Two, we said, "Who made these decisions? And where is A, B, C, and D when we had it a month ago on Destiny One?" And that's when. You that's that's the example of going too casual, ignoring your fan, your current fan base, calling them hardcore, calling them whatever, and losing them, and just and then creating because of it, your relationship with your publisher just gets destroyed. Your relationship with your fan base is is terrible, and now you're back tr- yet again trying to dig yourself out of a hole that you didn't necessarily need to put yourself in again. And and now you're looking, Bungie's looking like that company that just doesn't get it because they go, they create something that ha- that generates hype because they because they do create good, cool worlds and their mechanics do feel good, but they just can't seem to put all the pieces together. And then they do something that actually makes their product better and they don't realize that they made their product better and they just fumble it all over again and we're just on this roller coaster ride of how many times can you climb out of a pit as a fan and still believe in that product before you go hey you know what there's a million different shooters out there i'm i'm out so <clears throat> what do you got that i oh, <coughs> coughing apparently very good so i thought of a i thought of a great example of this that I'm still not 100% sure how I feel about it. So I'd love to find out what people in the chat or talk to people about this in Discord are. And this is a wonderful example of a game getting too big, big changes upsetting some people, but it's opening to a whole new audience. Let's talk about Pokemon. Mm. A series that went from being a challenging... Like, if you go back and play... Like the second gen of Pokemon, the gym challenges are still very difficult. It's still a hard game as a, you know, just a simple RPG. You play the latest couple Pokemon games, Let's Go and uh, Sword and Shield, and you can just walk through the whole game blindfolded because there's no challenge. So, yeah, that's an accessibility thing. That's a allowing more people to experience and play the game thing. At the same time, the competitive meta, still very challenging. There's, it's still a constant growing thing. So if you are a hardcore competitive Pokemon player, now more than ever, there are new mechanics to learn. There are hard things to understand and new strategies available to you. But on the other side of the coin, breeding, team comp, all of that is easier now and more accessible than it's ever been in the history of the series. So there's some 
people that are hardcore Pokemon players that love the grind, that loved different, harder aspects of the game that have changed and more people can play it now. I don't think it's diluted the game to the point where I don't like it or it's not playable or there's all this rage from the community or everyone's just demanding to go back to EV training through knocking out Pokemon and you know, all that crap again. People aren't demanding it, but again, it has been, it is a huge game. It's been opened and made accessible. And overall, I still think it's a positive thing for the series, even if I don't necessarily agree with all the changes. Yeah, I think it's a good point. It's a good example because, uh, you know, Pokemon is a series that I've really enjoyed since original Game Boy. And I feel like I dive heavy into Pokemon every couple generations where I somehow just get sucked back in. And I've been struggling these last few games because I think that's just it is that there there really isn't a strategy. It's just I walk in, I obliterate something, I move on and I and I just you know fight my way to the next thing that i'm going to obliterate and so the problem is i get bored and i think that that's the problem that the hardcore gamers are having is that you know it's not what they want yeah i i know we talked about it a lot when sword and shield came out if you are an adult or a hardcore pokemon player and you don't have filling the decks as a as a goal you don't have building a team to battle people online or battle your friends as a goal. You don't have shiny hunting as a goal. If your goal is to just get all the badges, beat the elite four, there's, there's no challenge in that anymore. And the story Pokemon stories aren't that great. So it is a deterrent to some people, you know, you have to, to get it to be a hardcore gamer or more serious gamer and want to get something out of the Pokemon series. You have to kind of make it yourself. Which, you know, again, so it, it does hurt it for you. It, it does because, like you said, the shinies and, and, and the competitive scene, I'm not really worried about that. But, but I also don't feel like it's fair for any Pokemon fan at all to have to go put in a 20-hour campaign that really is just a boring grind to even get to that part. You know, so like that's for me, it's like, all right, so I have to play this story that is the generic story of Pokemon that's been retold 18 times. And this time I could just do it with one Pokemon over and over and over again. I don't even really have to worry about weaknesses, strengths or anything because I just I just steamroll everything, you know. And I mean, we've seen it with the additions of shared XP and all this type of stuff that's been added into this game. It's just like I used to was forced to switch Pokemon to create balance and keep my team balanced. So that way, if I did have someone go down, I could actually still have a chance to win the fight. And if I didn't, that was my own fault. And I had to go back, grind some more and, and fix my situation. Now it's just given to me. And that's the part where I just like, I lose interest because of it. And there's unfortunately, there's just too many games out there that let me uh, enjoy gaming more than Pokemon right now, so I don't invest time into it uh, for that reason. That's a good point. That's good. It's a good uh, good example. So I don't know. I, I think we've kind of hit that point. We've gave we gave you examples of good good um, evolution of a franchise, some bad, and we would really like to hear your opinions um, with in the discord so join the discord if you're watching this live then i'm sure it's gonna the link will pop up in the in the stream here but if you're not go to gameslillamedia.com and on the community tab you can find a discord link click it join talk with gamers from around the world every day but uh yeah i my last my last point here will be uh, ghost walker chiming in saying 
Um, I have to agree with you uh, as a Yu-Gi-Oh! and Magic player and um, in the video game aspect, this this fits this conversation of, of things like that. Magic. I remember I played Magic the day it came out because I'm old. You old, yeah. You, you grown. And I've left Magic the Gathering and come back several times and relearned how the game has evolved and changed and how they've tried to create it in a way that a casual person that knows what a card game is can jump in. And so I think even virtual card games or physical card games are a great example of something of a hardcore user that can find a strategy that destroys everyone and it ruins any casual person from trying to play that game. I mean, Pokemon cards even even can get to that extent in ways where it's like, oh, well, I want to build a deck of my favorite Pokemon, but if I do that, I'll never win. And so, you know, it's one reason why card games I've kind of fallen out of. I'm not, I don't really partake in them at all anymore where I used to play a ton of them is that I just don't like the idea that people find one way to win. It doesn't matter if it's Hearthstone, Magic the Gathering, uh, Legends of Runeterra, which is your new League of Legends uh, card game. People people find that one way that's dominant, and then unless you get lucky, you're it's over. And so that's not fun for a casual gamer. And so then that's why those games get watered down and reworked and, and cards get banned and all these things happen to try for them to allow for a little more creativity within the game. And I feel like it's just so hard, especially every time a new expansion comes out, uh, people find that one new way to just wreak havoc and you know slowly kill their own game that they love. So... All right, that's our discussion topic is how big is too big for a video game. And I think, um, I don't know if we necessarily, I don't know if we can necessarily answer that, but it is interesting discussion to see what people think about how games have evolved, like Fortnite, like World of Warcraft, like Destiny, Pokemon, all these games that we brought up today. But uh, again, join the Discord, chime in on the Games Little Podcast channel. What do you think? What's a game that, that changed for you, for the good or for the bad? We'd love to hear about it. All right. Um, that's been our attack on the news. For these topics and much more, please visit the website, gameslowmedia.com. You can listen to all the podcasts there. You can listen to uh, or you can read all the blogs. You can absorb all the content that's on the website that all of the Games Media team is creating, uh, all from one great location. Now, we do have a special segments here that I want to get into. Um, for those of you that have been watching this show for a while, you know something that's going on, and uh, we're very excited for it, and we have an update. But first, I want to show you a picture of a cat. So I'm going to do that right now. That's a cat. That's a big cat. It's a big cat. Why am I showing you a picture of a cat named Jasper? Who is a Egyptian Mao uh, serval, I believe is how you pronounce it. Quite a large cat. Uh, pretty much, it's the biggest cat you can get before it, before it turns into like a lynx or a bobcat. Okay, so um, this is the guard cat. The, the, the cat that hangs out where our Zilla Raptor is being made. So... Jasper is super cool, and I had to. I wanted to just do a little side share here. Uh, Ghost Walker two five five two is behind a lot of these things. If you don't know what the Zilla Raptor is, well, 
we got an update. We're all about to see it here. Hopefully, you guys have the stream up on your side. I know we're remote, but we're about to see it for the first time. On Star Wars Day, <laughs> may the 4th be with you. Our truck was delivered to the shop. Our 2020 Ford Raptor that is going to be turned into a Zilla Raptor by Ghost Walker and his crew um, showed up at the shop, and now it's in the good, safe hands, well, safe paws of Jasper. So Jasper's looking um, at keeping keeping a watch on it while we get through this COVID situation until the guys can get into the shop and take care and start working on that truck. So without further ado... Jasper, you grown. I give you the raw version. The raw. Of our Ford Raptor. There she is. And she's be- and, and it's beautiful. It is beautiful. She's so, <laughs> she big. She big. Yeah. She thick. She thick as she hell. Thick. She thick. How many cues in that thick? Man, too many. Not too many. <laughs> No Mate. Q's, just C's. C's. <laughs> nah, nah, they're Q's. I see C's. Yeah. No, they C's. <laughs> so everybody, there it is. Our, our the, the raw canvas for Ghostwalker2552 and his crew to get started on. Um, once they get back into the, into the, once they're allowed to get back to work, this is, this is their pro one of, one of their projects, I should say. And, uh, we are very excited. Uh, the fact that, um, you know, the truck got delivered is super cool. You know, there was a lot of things going on that we weren't sure if the truck delivery was going to happen now or, or in six months because of COVID, but it did happen. Now we just have to wait for us all to be allowed to go back to work, but. Very cool 2020 Ford Raptor, Zilla Raptor, uh, by being created by Ghost Walker and his crew. And um, let's uh, let I got one more surprise for everybody that he decided to share with us because there are some things about this vehicle that I don't know yet um, that are going to happen to this vehicle. And we got to see one of them today because the part did come in. So I'm gonna I'm gonna show you right now. Yeah, boy. If you don't know what that is, that's an aftermarket turbocharger right there. I think I believe it's a turbo. I believe it's yes. a turbocharger. Yes, that is a seventy-seven. And hopefully, I get this right. It's seventy-seven mm. That's a millimeter. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I'm not yeah. a car guy. It's a uh, it's a turbo, which is going to make the truck have thirteen. What was it uh, thirteen over thirteen hundred horsepower? Thirteen fifty horsepower. If you seen if you if you seen Grim driving on Forza, get the Horizon, hell out of my way! If you see me driving, stay out of his way. I was I was interested in, in going for a joyride, you know, in, in the back or in the passenger seat when he gets this, but I might just stay at home. I might just stay yeah. at home. That's a lot of horses. Yeah, I'm willing to gamble my life in the truck, though. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, why not? This is a Zilla Raptor. You gamble your life. Thin layer of butter porch, around so. my brain. It's like having a built-in football helmet. Uh, Meat Shield, this thing is real. Yes, exactly. Uh, Meat Shield chiming <laughs> in on Mixer.com. Yeah, this is a real truck that 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 Ghost Walker and his team at his at his shop are creating for us. Uh, the Zilla Raptor, based around a 2020 Ford Raptor. Uh, there are aftermarket parts that are being used to create the Zilla Raptor. We and and this is the first one that we have been shown. So. Um, 
we knew things were going to happen. We just weren't sure to what extent. Now, now we have an idea, um, a huge turbo upgrade. Um, cause I believe the, the, the original platform on a current Raptor, they've moved into like a V6 style engine that is turbocharged. So they're literally just taking this, taking, getting rid of the stock turbo and enhance, you know, enhancing it. Upgrade. <clears throat> Level up. Yeah. Uh, so the, the idea, uh, meat shield and everybody else that's watching the show is that the, the, the Zilla Raptor will be, um, it's our marketing tool. It's going to be a, a really big piece for us, but we're really excited. Kind of like what you said, we're really excited to take it to children's hospital. We're really excited to do events with it that we can, you know, have fun with the vehicle and let others enjoy the vehicle be, uh, as well. You know, so that's, and I was absolutely, I was thinking about it today, man. I can't get, I can't wait to get back to the mod arcade. I know, man. Seriously, there's so like, I think about all these events that are coming up that are supposed to be coming up, you know, during the summer months of the year, you know, for the kids and and everything. And it's just, um, I'm hoping they're figuring out a way to still. Ha I'm sure they are figuring out a way to to have fun, you know, and, and let them let them, um, you know, be kids. But yeah, it is it is a bummer that right now we can't be involved and. I knew I liked it. I knew it was important to me, but now that I've been like removed from it for months, I'm like, I'm like antsy. I just, I want to, uh, to, to be a part of it. So, uh, I guess that's a good, that's a good thing, you know? So when, when that time comes, we'll be ready, but we want to thank ghost Walker once again. It's unbelievable what's happening here. It, you know, it, it does it, to us, it's almost like a fairy tale. It's hard to believe and even accept the fact that it's real. And now that we're getting actual updates about it, it's just, it's just, wow. I mean, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. It's going to be so exciting. And, uh, you know, we just want to thank him and I can't, I can't wait to get the opportunity to thank the owner of the shop and, and everybody that had, that took part in this project. I'm going to shake everybody's hand. They're all getting hugged. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm not allowed to give hugs anymore. I might not be able to give them handshakes. We're going to appreciate the fact that you all worked on this vehicle. I don't know how, but we'll figure it out. And, um, yeah. Thank you so much from, you know, all of us here at Gamesville Media. It's, uh, it's amazing. We look forward to more updates and uh, getting you guys back in that shop so you can get back to doing the amazing work that you do. All right. With that being said, uh, well, let's have a real quick Zilla update um, for us, which is Gaming Moments of the Week, right? Mine's simple. I'm going to get out of the way. I uh, have been playing a lot of Warzone. And I've been streaming it on my channel, and I had something happen that I never, never really thought would happen. It's never happened to me. I'm sure we can go find YouTube videos of people doing it, but I was flying down at the start of a match, and uh, we have this new strategy where we try to drop on an, on an objective and pick it up and, and complete it in the first like minute of the of the of the of the round, mm -hmm. and then because of it, we can get a loadout which gives us like our best guns. And we can be right at the beginning of the game, set set up strong. So we mark it, we start dropping. Another team is beating us to the ground, to the exact spot. We know they're, they're playing the same strategy. So I just say, you know what? When you cut your shoot, your gun comes out for a few seconds while you're falling. It's a pistol. I was like, I'm going to try to hit this guy. And I, hit, I chip away at his armor. I'm like, wow, I actually am hitting him. 
I have to redeploy my chute, cut it again to kind of reset my speed drop. And when I do that, he goes from my right to my left and I follow him perfectly and drop him in the in air. <laughs> Which <Yep>. then, <laughs> I have this clip, you guys. I have this clip, so I will share it here soon. I'm building a highlight reel. I will share it. I get to watch him fall to the ground and I actually hear the thud of him hit and then the word eliminated just comes up. And I'm like, oh my God, I killed the guy before he even touched the ground. I was so happy. I mean, it's super brutal, but I was so happy that person had to be so pissed that he couldn't even get to the ground before he got eliminated. Um yeah, I never thought I would do something like that. This game keeps surprising me where I see like crazy C4 plays and then I go and I and I try it and it works. So like I've just been able to kind of make things happen that to me I was like, yeah, I, I'm not that good. And then and then you know I I get lucky or whatever you want to call it, but it was super fun. We caught it on the stream. Everybody that was watching had a good time, good laugh about it. And um you know, we went on that round to actually have a pretty a pretty good round. What about you, Deadite? Uh, I'm still staying the course with my nice little relaxing uh, game time playing Stardew Valley, and I officially achieved the primary objective of the game, and that's to complete the community center by making donations of different types to the community center. Uh, it took me 70 hours to do it of gameplay. Uh, so, I mean, that feels kind of good. I mean, it's it's still sandboxy. It's still, you know, light farming RPG. I'll, I'll still continue to play it some. But it was cool that I was able to uh, complete the main objective and put a lot of time into it here over uh, quarantine. Awesome. Miggy, what do you got? I got a new chair. I got a gaming chair. That's got to be it. Do you see? He's moving around. Guys, people are listening. He's moving (laughs) around and you don't hear it. That's good. It's not creaking and cracking and, and, and he's not falling because I've watched him fall out of the chair like three times now. I, yeah, I worry for show, his so safety. It wasn't on the show, so it doesn't count. It wasn't on the show, so it doesn't count. Still. But, um, man, I need but, you for but, the show. But this was the cake. The icing on the cake was, uh, and I'm probably going to massacre it. I'm, I've been watching too much Grim, Grim the Dino, so I'm probably going to massacre it. But Grease. Gris? Gris. Gris. It's okay. Gris. Yeah, Grizz, Gris. G-R-I-S. <laughs> but anyway, I, um, I don't know how I found out about it, but I, I was uh, spending time with the family, and I was perusing the mobile marketplace, and I saw it. I think it might have been an ad or something, but then I saw it, and I was like, what? This is on the phone? I immediately paid the $5 for it, and I was gone. Like, I was lost. I, I couldn't believe it. Headphones in, the the music, the just, there's like, it's like not an action base. It's kind of like puzzle, um, but it's just, it's It's beautiful. I mean, it? the same thing that appealed that made that that appeals this to me was about the other game, which I forgot the name of. Of, um, but I, I love the artsy games like that. I mean, oh, it's yeah, beautiful. Absolutely, it's this game has always been. Well, I mean, games like this have always been those games where there it's a non-stressful, artistic just just experience. It's, it, it, sometimes mm-hmm. they don't even call them games; they just call it a experience and that's the idea of this game is it's supposed to be an exploration just story that you play through and um i believe i know you're a mobile guy so enjoy it i believe it's available on game pass at this point too or it was i I don't know if it rotated it probably was 
I'm gonna buy it again for console, definitely. Yeah. But it's a it's a it's a super beautiful game, and it's that game where like when you're done playing twenty rounds of Warzone and you're super frustrated and or or you're just you're just you're burnt out, but you're not done gaming. This is that game you can just hop into and just kind of relax, reset, and just you know a good way to maybe like end your night, a good way to you know if you want a chill day of gaming or whatever. It's that type of game, and but at the same time you're getting a story, you're getting a. Um, yeah, a story that's being told that mm-hmm. is impactful. So, yeah, it's good. That's awesome. Uh, those are our gaming moments of the week, and we want to hear your gaming moments of the week, and then you can do that right in the GameZilla Podcast channel on our Discord. So please join the Discord if you are here live on Mixer.com slash Media. It's easy. Click the link that's going to be in the chat, or just go over to GameZillaMedia.com, go to the Community tab, and join there. I did miss one thing. This is the correction spot of the show. It's not a real thing, but I'm making it a thing today. Is that I forgot a big announcement, and we started talking about Mott Arcade and uh, and Mott, and just Mott's Children's Hospital. Is that Ghost Walker and his team are doing one extra piece um, that we're going to be picking up when we pick when when we go take see the truck, take the truck, whatever, right? And that is a RC car that is going to be completely designed like the Mott Arcade Stream for Mott Viper that was designed in Forza Horizon 4 for my charity event that I did. So Ghostwalker made a skin that I got to ride around all night while I was streaming for Mott. And it is, of course... You know, your U of M colors that just has that hashtag stream for Mott, Mott's Children's Hospital all over it. It's a super cool vehicle uh, looking car. There's going to be a uh, RC car completely designed to look like that, that we're going to be able to deliver to uh, the tech team at the hospital. And I'm sure they'll be able to have some fun with that uh, with the kids. So that's super cool. We're, we're really excited to, uh, you know, any anything that we can help out with with them um, and, and help them continue to, to have fun, teach, and, and let kids be kids is uh, super important to us. So thanks again, Ghost Walker, and everybody else involved. I don't have everyone's name yet, but when I do, I will give you all proper shout-outs. Uh, really appreciate all the love and support. Before we wrap things up, of course, I have to thank our patrons again. Go to patreon.com slash games of the media and start your patronage today and hey i just dropped my brand new show the ridiculous where i'm going to be making top 10 lists of a variety of different things and i'm hoping to have these two guys right here do lists with me other members of the games of the community grim i'm going to force you into it you're going to have to do it I'm going to kidnap you at gunpoint, and you're going to do it. Um, but, yeah, it's available just $1 per month. And, of course, must or bust uh, GameZilla podcasts, uh, forecast of what games are worth it, which ones are not, uh, available at the $5 exclusive content level. So start your patronage today. And uh, also got to give a quick reminder, if you hopped in the stream late and you love watching the GameZilla podcast, full show is available on YouTube. That's right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to episode 311 of the GameZilla Podcast. Remember, once again, to visit GameZillaMedia.com to listen to all of our other great podcasts, all the blogs, all the YouTube videos. Every piece of content that we make for you is available 
right there at the website. So thanks for hanging out on episode 211. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game on. Game on. I'm your father.